Hello, friends. Welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Paul White. It's the 17th day of January, and I want to thank you for being with me today as we are working on the story of Hagar and Ishmael leaving at the bequest of Sarah in the 21st chapter of Genesis. And I say at the bequest of Sarah because if you'll remember yesterday, we talked about the birth of Isaac. And he was the promised son that Sarah has at 90 years old. The Lord opens her womb and gives her a son. God tells Abraham that Isaac is going to be where the inheritance flows. Abraham's had a little bit of trouble with that because he's obviously grown quite fond of Ishmael, his true firstborn son. And there's every indication that Sarah has not had a good relationship at all with the Egyptian slave girl Hagar. And the fact that her son uh, is now, in the 21st chapter, scoffing is the word we find in the English in Genesis 21.9. Sarah sees Hagar, the Egyptian, uh, and her son scoffing. I'm sorry, she didn't see Hagar scoffing. She saw Ishmael scoffing. But the word used there for scoffing is a rather ambiguous Hebrew word. We don't really know what it means. It's translated scoffing in the English, but it's often in some translation translated laughing. And so it's almost this painful irony that Sarah names her son Isaac, whose name means laughter, and then it's the laughter of Ishmael that pushes her over the edge. Um, I'll leave you to do with that irony what you will. She then tells Abraham a very famous verse in verse 10, cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. And if you'll recall, a week or so ago, we dealt with this from Paul's perspective in Galatians 4. Paul quotes Genesis 21.10. He gets rid of the personal pronouns, and he just uses it as a statement that there's no that this bondwoman needs to go. Paul uses it as an allegory. He even calls it an allegory. He's not claiming that this is what Sarah and Abraham would have understood about their condition. But from a new covenant perspective, Paul sees Hagar as a type of the flesh or the old covenant system and Sarah and Isaac as a type of the new covenant system. Let's look at this. I want to look at this through the eyes of Judaism today. And then I want to look at it through the eyes of Islam tomorrow. And I'll tell you why I want to do that before we do it. Because this is a passage that kind of causes this great divide among followers of, well, let's say Christianity, because we're Christians, we're believers in Jesus. We're not looking at this from a Jewish perspective, though we're, we're going to because it was a Jewish perspective that would have viewed this first. And this is a great dividing moment because in the world uh, in which we live and really the world spanning the last, oh, eight centuries, uh, 12 centuries at least, we've had this great battle between the two, the world's two largest religions, Christianity and Islam. And there's a, a way to trace the origins. Of course, the origins of Christianity is Christ. But if you go even further back, you go into Judaism. And if you keep on that trail, you get to this sort of fork in the road where you you arrive at Abraham and his two sons, which constitute much of the world. 
And that's a fulfillment to the promise that through Abraham, he would have multiple children all over the world. He does through two two main branches of what two main religions. Three, really, if you consider Judaism, then Christianity, then Islam. And those religions sort of source themselves back to Christianity through Isaac, technically Judaism through Isaac, and then Christianity through Christ, and then Islam through Ishmael. Really, we should say Judaism through Isaac and Islam through Ishmael because Christianity is no more birthed of Isaac than it is of Ishmael because people that constitute Christianity do not do so because of a bloodline inheritance. They do so because of faith in Christ. So it makes us really unique among the religions of the world, though Islam has converts, Judaism has converts, um, Christianity doesn't try to trace its genealogical lineage back to, say, the founding fathers of the, the church, like, oh, I'm from the house of Thomas, I'm from the house of James. We don't do that, um, while the other major religions tend towards that. So that's why I say there needs to be a discussion about that split. Let's look at, in, the, in Judaism, Ishmael um, is actually was considered almost an opposite version of Abraham. The things that Abraham considered wicked, Ishmael seemed to incline towards because there's evidence that he prays to idols. Um, And although that narrative is not in the Torah, if you really want to see the Jewish idea about Ishmael, you have to look beyond that to some of the other Torah versions like the Samaritan Torah in which Ishmael is described as a fertile man. Um, having multiple children with at least two wives. And in that tradition, they even name the wives. And that's where our Muslim friends get the idea of Ishmael being attached to Muhammad because Muhammad's wife shares the same name that Ishmael's wife shared. And so it's sort of a metaphoric representation of of the, the Muslim world. Uh, In the Midrash version of Genesis, and this is the oral teaching of Judaism, Ishmael's mother in that version is, uh, of course, is Hagar, but but Hagar is Pharaoh's daughter. So when Abraham and Sarai went down into Egypt, he didn't just get a slave girl named Hagar. He got Pharaoh's daughter, which is the rabbinical commentators. That's why they see the reference to Ishmael as the father of 12 princes, that those were princes of Egypt. And that Hagar, according to Genesis 21, Hagar marries Ishmael off to an Egyptian woman, and that might be why. There's, a, there's other Jewish commentators that identify Hagar with Keturah, which is a woman that Abraham seeks out after Sarah dies. And Keturah is, according to some Jewish commentators, Hagar's actual name, with Hagar being a description a word meaning stranger, um, and that Abraham was truly in love with her and sort of circles back after the death of Sarah. I'm telling you this from a Jewish perspective, a midrash, an oral teaching of Jewish laws and codes and history. Um, That's how they view it. All right, tomorrow I want to get into a look at it from Islam Ishmael, uh, as mentioned a little bit in the Quran, and then what do we do with this as believers? What does this mean for us? We'll work on that tomorrow. I'll see you then.
God bless.